I want anyone who's sick or has pain in their body to stand up right now. I want to heal you today. Come on up. Stand on up. Come on, Jesus. Especially if you have like a sciatic nerve thing going down your left leg. Um, <laughs> I got like three people stand up after that. <laughs> awesome. Um, you love Jesus. You, you believe in Jesus. I want you to lay hands on these folks right now. I'm going to heal somebody today. Come on, Jesus. Father, thank you for the healing by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Speak healing and life over every person in this room right now in Jesus' name. If, you have, if it's pain, test it out. If it's something noticeable, see, try to do something that you couldn't do before. We got a healing? <laughs> who, who got healed? Come on up here. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, if you got, we got two healings so far. Marcus, give us a quick testimony. What, what, what needed to be healed? What happened? Got in a hurry, slipped on the tub, hit the edge, hit my shin bone. I didn't cuss. <laughs> um, and just, oh, God, it was just hurting so much, so much, so much, and just the pain wouldn't go away. And so now I'm good. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Jonathan. What happened to you? What got healed? Yeah, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was playing open night frisbee, and I got I twisted my ankle really bad, and it started bothering me for a couple of weeks. So now it's not really bothering me anymore. So it's good. come on, what couldn't? What could you not do before? Okay, but you can twist it now, and it's fine. Do it. There you go. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Oh, we got another. Come on. Um, before I got here, when I woke up this morning, my throat was hurting really bad, like when I would swallow up. And as soon as like, I got up and they placed hands, I put my hand, and it was like something opened up. And so I swallowed, and it's like, it's not hurting anymore. So it was Jesus. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Praise Jesus. We want to... Um... After, after service, too, you still need healing in your body. We want you to come on up. We want to lay hands on you. We want to heal you. We want to heal you. Jesus says, lay hands on the sick. They will recover. And what's really cool about laying hands on people, too, and seeing Jesus break through and heal is, I mean, I'm, I'm going, I want to see the cancer healed. I want to see AIDS, HIV healed, STDs. I mean, all these. I want to see autoimmune stuff. I want to see this stuff healed in a moment. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm get, I get excited when Jesus heals me of a pain that I brought on myself. <laughs> because I was clumsy, I hit something, or I wasn't paying attention, and I, I, I got hurt. You know, some of us think that, oh, you know, i got to just live with this pain, that, that God wouldn't want to heal me from that. I brought it on myself. I need to suffer the consequences. No, 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 no. My nieces and nephews, they go outside, and I tell them, you know, don't, don't jump off the fort. Um, but if they do it anyway and they fall off, I'm not going to leave them there to suffer. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that they're okay. And this is biblical. Paul was preaching all night. One guy's sitting on the windowsill, falls out of the window, hits the ground. He shouldn't have been sitting on the window. He's not going to get healed. No, the first thing Paul did is he went and healed him. So Jesus wants to heal you of even the things that you bring on yourself. That's a good God. Amen. All right, so we are on part three on how to be born again, how to be born again. So um, just a little review is we've been talking about the gospel and, and the proper response to it. And the purpose of this series, and I'm going to say this every week, the purpose of this series is, is one, to if, if you're not born again, 
um, to, uh, that, that it becomes clear on, on how you go about that, on how you begin a proper start in your walk with Jesus. Um, but really, a, a lot of you in here, most of the majority of you, I, I imagine, are, are already born again. Um, so my heart is to equip you on how to help others be born again, um, how to lead others and get them into a proper start in their walk with Jesus. Because we're about to see a lot of, a lot of new salvations come in. We're about to see a lot of people come into the kingdom of God. There's a harvest at the end of the age. And this, I, I burn with this. We pray for this. And it's not just going to come in a vacuum. God is purposefully equipping the saints right now. Evangelists, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So that's what's happening today. You're getting equipped to reap this harvest. Amen? Yes. Amen. Okay. So let's... Uh, Talk about the gospel. Let's talk about Jesus. What, can, who can tell me what scripture verse we've been turning to is just a real simple breakdown of the gospel message? Anyone remember? Which one? Matthew 15? 1 Corinthians 15. <laughs> it's okay. You got the 15. Let's turn there. <laughs> See, it helps to review every week. Because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have this person that doesn't know Jesus. What do I tell them? What do I tell them about Jesus? Well, here you go, right here. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 1. This is Paul saying, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news. Say good news. Good news. The gospel is good news. We need to remember that. <laughs> that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and still, you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place, or unless you had believed in vain. I passed on to you what was the most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Say, Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said. He was buried. Say, he was buried. He was raised on the third day. Amen. Just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter, then by the 12, after that 500, and so forth, and last of all to me. So this is the essence of the gospel that Paul was preaching. Now there's a lot of evangelism going on out today, and it, it's helpful, and, it's, and, and people are encountering Jesus. Um, and there are a lot of different methods and strategies of evangelism, um, but what, 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 what my heart is, is to um, give us a real biblical, what, what did Jesus and the apostles preach? What did they tell people when they encountered them? when they encountered someone that had never met Jesus before. And so I look at this, you read the book of Acts, I, I would really encourage you to look at some of the, the sermons, so to speak, um, they weren't sermons like this, but, 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 but messages that, that Peter and Paul, that they preached in front of the crowds. Um, look at Jesus, look at what, how he talked about the kingdom of God. But we, we turn to the book of Acts and we see these elements in here and there's the, the, the driving point of each of these messages is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they went about proving this fact by performing signs and wonders, just like we did just now. Amen. It's very good. So, so they preached the gospel. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. And we'll prove it to you by, by, by we saw it, we witnessed it, and we're going we're gonna to heal the sick and raise your dead. Um, so the people would hear this, and they'd be cut to the heart. Ah, heard the gospel message. That's really good news. Now I don't have to carry the weight of my sin anymore. That sounds pretty awesome. Um, um, what do I do? What do I do to be saved? Um, so that's what we're going to answer right now. So who remembers our little acronym? Very good, John Ecker. <laughs> Rubber. Not really an acronym, it's a word, but um, rubber. What must I do to be saved? When, when Peter preached in Acts 2, he mentioned each of these elements. said, repent. Does anyone remember B? Believe. Believe. Next one. Be baptized. Be dunked. We're going to put that. I like that better. <laughs> Last one. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. 
These four things you see all throughout the book of Acts. Um, And that is, uh, for those of you that weren't here the first week, the book of Acts is the key book in the Bible that tells us how the apostles engaged an unbeliever and how they told them to respond. In the the four gospels, um, Jesus is preaching, but he, he, he hits on all of these, but he hadn't gone to the cross and died yet. So, so, so they, they trusted in Jesus. They had faith in Jesus as a man in his name, in the power of his name. But they didn't yet have faith in, in Jesus who, the, who died for their sins and was risen from the dead. That didn't come till after. The Holy Spirit wasn't even given until after Jesus um, had, had ascended into heaven and, um, until the day of Pentecost. And, um, and people that were baptized in the four gospels, people that received John's baptism were rebaptized in the name of Jesus, were redunked in the name of Jesus. Um, so uh, the epistles and, and the book of Revelation, they're written towards believers. They're, Paul and Peter, they're assuming that everyone that's reading that letter has gone through each of these steps. And so we can't look at the epistles to find the proper steps um, 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 for to 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 um, lead somebody to Jesus. So, um, Book of Acts: Repent, believe, be dunked, receive the Holy Spirit. There we go. Last week we talked about repentance. Um, repent of your sins towards God. First step that was always mentioned. Um, anytime these were listed in order in the Bible, repent was always the first one. Repent from dead works, and then put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe. So we're going to hit that today. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Father, we welcome the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation here right now. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. And Father, I pray that you would equip us and empower us to lead many people to Jesus. You would equip us to bring in this great harvest, God. And we'd see multitudes know your son. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Believe. Believe. Let's talk about this word believe. How many people in here believe in Matthew Esquivo? <laughs> about half of you. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe by the end, when, you know, <laughs> you'll still believe me. Um, let me put it this way. How many of you believe that I exist? Okay. That's more of you. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a difference between those two questions. Um, you really... If, and if you believe, raise your hand if you believe in me again. Okay. Now, prove it to me by giving me three months of your income and trusting me to steward it and keep it well, and I'll give it back to you by the end of the year. How many of you would be willing to do that? Oh, wow. Come on. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, kind of joking, but not. Is, um, <laughs> You really can't know that a person believes in you until they do something to prove that they trust you. Um, You can believe that a person exists. You can believe um, generally that they are. but, um, but, But to really put trust in somebody, it requires some type of action. It requires some type of proof. Um, um, And... um, and with, uh, and, and with that, I mean, I, my, my salary comes from monthly donors and, and people that believe in me. Um, they believe in what I'm preaching. They believe in what I'm doing. Um, people that give here, you believe, you believe in Jesus and you're giving by obedience, but you also believe in what Haas is doing and what Haas is carrying in the earth. And, and you're putting your money. And it, it's not just money all the time. There, there's a lot of other ways to express it. I'm just using one example. Um, but, um, but when I sit down with one of my partners... And I'm telling them about what I'm doing on, on, in the prayer room or on the campuses or, or, or just even just telling them about my life and what's happening in my family, in my personal life. Um, they, they, just, they love it. They love it. And, and I just, I love when they're just, they're, they're happy to give, not because of obligation, but because they see you're a worthy investment, Matthew. And, and I'm going to put my money in my trust. Like I trust you, so I'm showing you by money. Or I trust you, so I'm going to give you some time. Today. I trust you, so I'm going to, this, this, there are many other ways to express um, your love for somebody and your, and your belief in them. But, um, but it requires some type of action for me to truly know if someone, if someone believes in me. So, first of all, when we talk about faith, 
Um, faith um, is expressed. I, I want to talk about four different ways, um, really, actually five different ways um, that, that, that faith is expressed. First of all, when we're leading someone, we're telling someone to believe in Jesus, what are we telling them to believe? And that's really important. Because first of all, when we talk about faith, faith is first of all historical. When we're leading someone to faith in Jesus, um, our faith is based on actual facts, factual events that occurred in history, um, certain events that happens. We put our faith in these facts, and we just read them in 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. Those three things. I'm not going to write them. It'll take me too much time. Um, he, he, he died... Um, he died, was buried, um, raised on the third day. And this is what's really important about emphasizing these, these facts of faith is that there's a lot going on in the world right now about having faith in faith. That it's just good to have faith. We believe in faith. And um, I was at an interfaith dialogue at Southern Methodist University a couple of weeks ago. And they were talking about science and religion and how the, how the two work together. And so you had a, a speaker representing Christianity, the Christian community, one representing the Jewish community, and one the, um, the Muslim community. And, um, and, and there's this trend going on and has been going on in the world right now to just have faith for the sake of having faith, no matter what you actually believe. And Christian may believe one thing, Jew may believe one thing, Muslim may believe one thing, so that's great. Don't step on my toes. Don't affect what I believe. I won't affect what you believe. As long as you believe in something, something is good. Faith is good. Wrong. Um, Christianity is, uh, is based on factual events that occurred. And, the, and, and again, the primary difference is centered around the person of Jesus Christ, especially the fact that he rose from the dead. And that is what separates Christianity from every other religion. Muhammad, still in the grave. Buddha, still in the grave. Confucius, still in the grave. Jesus, empty tomb. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Um, burial, though, and we, we, we kind of forget burial sometimes. Burial is actually just as important as the fact that he died and rose again from the dead. He was in that tomb for three days. Um, and um, there's a, all, the, all, all, all Christian creeds to this day include the burial of Jesus Christ. And just from a practical standpoint, when we, get, when we go and get dunked in water baptism, we are burying that old nature. And we are buried with Christ. And, and, and the fact that Jesus was buried, it invites us to bury the old man as well and to be raised up into new life. It's very good stuff. Um, but um, this idea of, of, of faith for the sake of faith and just... Believe whatever you believe, whatever you believe, as long as you don't affect what I believe, and I don't affect what you believe, as long as we believe. It's all about belief. Um, it's paving the way for an antichrist worship system. And um, we want to we um, be clear on the person of Jesus. If Jesus was not buried, our faith is incomplete. If Jesus was not raised in a physical body, we're dead in our sins. It says in 1 Corinthians 15. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is, is um, essential in, um, in, preach, in telling somebody what to believe in preaching the gospel. Um, I, um, I, I want to recommend to you a book um, called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And he has a series of books, Case for Faith, Case for Creator. And it gives these, these factual events and talks about the historical reliability of the New Testament. I read that before college. I'm very thankful that I did. Because I went to SMU, which um, is a Methodist university by name, but um, the religious courses in that um, university, the one I took and, and a few that others that I know have taken, um, are aggressively attacking the authenticity of the Bible. And, um, and, and, it's, and, and I've seen people enter those courses, strong believers, and walk out in this interfaith heresy, is just what I'm going to call it. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's um, but, um, but I read this, and so then the things that they would present to me is this, this, these smart professors, I had some kind of grounding, some kind of foundation um, in, in the historical reliability of this book um, that talks about Jesus. So 
That's just a little resource for you. Um, Christian faith, um, it is exclusive because it, it, is, it is faith in those three events. Um, it's inclusive in, in that all can come to Jesus, but it's exclusive in the sense that this, these three truths about Jesus are, are essential in, as far as our belief. So there we go. Faith is historical. Secondly, faith is personal. Faith is personal. It's about trusting and believing in a person, in a person. It's a, it's a personal relationship, and it's, and it's directly risking our lives for that person. When we love somebody, when we trust somebody, we're, we're willing to risk something for them. Um, there's, 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 there's some of you in here, your, your, your love for Jesus, you risk the next month's payment by giving. You, and, and the person that you give to, you're risking, you're putting something down on the line. You love your kids. You're risking, you're laying down your time, your energy, your resources because you love this person and you believe that they're gonna do great. I had a teacher in high school um, that I, I went to SMU for music, and, um, and in high school, I had this choir teacher. She just believed in me. And so she took time for, for no charge to give me voice lessons and teach me how to sight read, um, even though I already had a voice teacher I was paying. <laughs> um, she was helping me in addition, and they, they, she just believed in me. Um, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it really um, empowered me. So um, anyway, but... Um, the, the reason this is so important is because historical faith in itself is not enough. Um, demons and Satan have this kind of faith right here, historical faith. They believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose on the third day, and they tremble. They're Quakers. <laughs> <laughs> they hear the gospel, and they tremble. They see Jesus, and they tremble. Um, but Jesus... Is that, and the reason that our faith can be personal with Jesus is because he rose from the dead and he's alive. Again, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, these guys, dead, cannot have a relationship with them. Jesus got out of the grave and he's an actual person that you can relate to and that you can talk to. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. Like when praying with people, um, I, I often do this when I pray with folks. I invite Jesus to come and talk to that person personally. And you can do that. You can do that. Oh my gosh, I'm praying for this person. I have no idea what to say. I don't even know what, you know, I'm trying to prophesy, but I'm not getting anything right now. <laughs> uh, you just pray for them. You just say, Jesus, will you just come and tell Anne-Marie what you're thinking about her right now? Jesus, will you just come and speak to her? Show her how you feel about her. <laughs> it works. What, what did you see anything? Did you feel anything? Did you just felt his love? Just felt his love. And that, that's real, that's really common. When I when I say Jesus, will you come tell this person or let him let him feel how you feel about him? Um, they'll they'll uh, they'll either hear something, they'll see a picture, some internal vision, um, or um, or uh, or they'll feel love or peace or joy. Just come on. Um, people that never met Jesus before. I was, I was at SMU uh, a week ago, Phil and Christy Carlson, um, and uh, we went, actually we took interns, so I was with Allie Davenport in Reward, um, and they shared a testimony about it, but we went down into uh, the basement of the art school where a lot of the, the um, dancers and the theater students hang out, and, and we just went, uh, we just, we went advertising the arts night, and we're like, we're just going to prophesy over them while we're here. So reward gets a word for, for a guy named Adam. He starts prophesying over him, and we pray for him. This guy gets really encouraged, and, and, and I'm, asking, I'm asking this guy, Adam. I'm like, hey, man, out of all these people in here, who did, were you, first of all, were you encouraged by this word? Yeah, man, it was, it was good. Ha, who in here, who amongst your friends would really be encouraged by one of these words? So he points us to his friend Will. We go to Will, and his friend Jared comes, and we're just prophesying over these guys, getting words of knowledge for them um, about about job offer that they got three months prior, about a trip to New York um, in the coming months. And they're just like, what? About a line of preachers being in Jared's family. And they're like getting blown away by these words of knowledge. And, and, I, just, and I just ask them, like, have you guys ever felt the, pre the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit before? Like, uh, I don't know. So we're just like, and I, and I don't even ask them if I can pray. I'm just like, okay, we're going to pray. Father, come right now. Holy Spirit, come. You know? I go in with the, the assumption people really do want God. People want to experience their hearts. God, we're created in the image of God. 
and, and people reject him, but in their hearts, they were created to desire him. Um, and so, Father, come. Holy Spirit, come. And, and we're asking him, just like, are you, are you feeling anything? Are you sensing anything? And, and they're both like, ah, I don't know. That could just be me. Allie Davenport says, says I, I, Will, I feel like you are. I feel like there's something stirring up inside of your, inside of your stomach. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, 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 and we're just... We're just inviting Jesus to come and, and, and hang out with these folks. Um, he's a person. He's a person that you can talk to, that you can pray to, that, um, that you can be with. So faith is personal. Um, involves risk. Some people end up risking their lives. I know a lot of um, Jews that, that when they put their trust in Jesus as Messiah, their parents have totally cut them off and have actually held funerals for them. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's apparently not a very uncommon thing. Um, um, Muslims, they, they, they turn to Jesus. Their, their, their family wants to kill him. Um, there's, there's Christians, people that grow up in, in the church and they encounter Jesus and have a personal relationship with Jesus and encounter the Holy Spirit and all this persecution starts coming from their Christian family. Yeah. Say it all the time. Um, my family thinks I'm weird, but... <laughs> Then a couple other of them got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're weird too. So, including my grandma, <laughs> 80 years old, three weeks ago. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. <laughs> okay, faith is per- historical, it's personal, it's also verbal. Requires words. An expression of trusting someone, of believing in Jesus, talks about, it, it, it involves um, our words, our mouth. And just like last week, we talked about repentance is verbal. It involves confession of sin, um, renouncing of lies, of occult, demonic activity. Um, and, and, and man, there's just so much freedom that comes when people do that. You open your mouth and you just let those things go. The, the darkness comes out into the light. Jesus covers your sin. It's awesome. Um, but in Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Joel 2 and Acts 2 says that whoever calls, lifts up your voice, calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, shall be saved, shall be delivered. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a, a verbal aspect. And, and this, this, this verbal aspect is, is expressed in two ways. First of all, talking to Jesus. We can have a dialogue. We can have a conversation with him. Um, Saul of Tarsus talked to Jesus, and this, this first expression of our faith in him is calling on his name. So we lead someone to Jesus, they've, they've repented, and, 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 and we, we have them pray, have them talk to Jesus. Um, and sometimes it's helpful to have them repeat a prayer, but I would really encourage you to let the person just talk to Jesus for themselves. Um, takes the burden off of you of, oh my gosh, I've got to make them say the right words, the right phrase. I've got to make sure they're going to do it right. Just say, hey, just, why don't you just talk to Jesus right now? Um, and let them express their relationship with him. Um, but secondly, talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. When you first become a believer in Jesus, one of the best things you can do is just go tell everybody you know. <laughs> tell your family. Samaritan woman had an encounter with Jesus in John chapter 4. She goes back to her town, and she's like, she is not a popular gal in her town, but she doesn't care. She just said, you've got to go meet this man. You've got to go meet this man that, that, that's told me everything I know. And the whole town comes, encounters Jesus, and they believe because they have a personal encounter with him. And so when you share your testimony, it awakens faith in the person and draws them into the presence of Jesus. And we see that with Paul, even in 1 Corinthians 15. He lays out, Jesus was, was, died for our sins, was buried, rose from the dead. He appeared to these men, and he appeared to me. He appeared to me. So when you're telling someone about Jesus, tell them how Jesus appeared to you. And when you lead someone to Jesus, they put their trust in him. Say, hey, go tell somebody about it. Go tell somebody how Jesus just changed your life. And, um, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll do it. I, I, I had a pastor tell me this cool story one time about a mission trip to, I think, Vanuatu. And he goes to the head witch doctor. The Lord tells him to go to the head witch doctor in town. Um, and, uh, and go preach the gospel to him. And so he goes, and this, this, this guy was known for like operating at a pretty noticeable, significant level of power. Shares the gospel with the guy. The guy shuts his door, 
goes back into his house, puts on some clothes, comes back out to this pastor um, and says, and it's just like, okay, believe in Jesus now. Let's go preach the gospel to somebody. Um, this guy gets saved and he's like, goes to the town with the pastor and he starts that same day preaching the gospel to his whole town. I'm like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> How mature in the Lord do you have to be to, before you preach the gospel to somebody? Maybe at least five minutes. <laughs> no. As soon as you believe, you're ready. You're ready. Share your testimony. Talk about Jesus. So, um, um, fourth, our faith is practical. It's historical. It's personal. It's verbal. It's practical. We believe in Jesus. Um, it involves actions. It involves risks. James chapter 2 says that faith without works is dead. It's absolutely dead. Um, you say you believe and you've accepted Jesus, but there's no action involved in it. Um, and and it's, it's, it's dead. And um, this uh, James 2, it's caused a lot of confusion. Faith without works cannot save. Um, it's dead and cannot save. Uh, men like Luther, um, Martin Luther, um, actually believed that James and Paul were contradicting each other. Um, and that because uh, that, James says faith without works is dead, and Paul is saying works without faith is dead. And it's like, which one is it? <laughs> it's really both. Um, and they're talking about two different things. Paul is talking about works of the law. Works of the law cannot save you. Um, and, and he is preaching very strongly on this thing because there were people, they were um, trying to put certain regulations on people that, that they, they had to do certain things according to the Jewish law before they could experience the salvation and receive the Holy Spirit. Paul's like, no, not happening. He's like, I tried that, didn't work. Then the Holy, Jesus appeared to me and gave me the Holy Spirit, and it's been pretty awesome since then. So um, James, however, is talking about works of faith. Um, and and, and what, um, what, what I think is a better translation, NIV has this, and other translations says, faith without actions is dead. Um, it means nothing. And, um, and there's this, there's, there's, we, we, we have this saying that, 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 that you cannot, you are justified, we're saved by faith alone. We're saved by faith alone. And I want to I wanna challenge that for a moment. It's that the only time in the Bible that the word faith and alone are, are put right next to each other is in James 2.24. And here's what it says. A man is justified by works and not by faith alone. I'm not preaching a works-based salvation. I'm talking about a faith that involves action. I'm talking about a faith. Works of the law cannot save you. Your righteous deeds cannot save you, but faith will produce a response in your life. Um, and um, it's uh, if, um, if you believe in someone, you show it. You go to the doctor, you show that you believe that they're going to do their job right by letting them anesthetize you <laughs> and operate. I, was, I got LASIK surgery <laughs> right outside of college, and uh, oh my gosh, I was terrified. Um, but, uh, but I sat in that chair and the machine is like right on my eyeball. Um, and, and they put like six drops in each of my eye before it. And I'm just crying because my eyes are like so numb. And like, I, that was the worst part was the eye drops of the whole surgery. <laughs> so I had to sit under this machine and, uh, and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But, but I sat there. I sat there. I was like, okay, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. The thing's right in my face. And I'm like, oh my God, what if I sneeze? I'm dead. <laughs> no one told me what to do if you have to sneeze. <laughs> I'm like, don't sneeze. Don't sneeze. I was praying in time. I was like, oh my God. But um, I had to trust these guys. And it was, it was a little scary, but I came out okay. I could see immediately when I was done. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I, uh, anyone who knows me well, um, Chad, come up here, knows that I'm going to do something like this. <laughs> Trustful, on purpose, not on accident. <laughs> I trusted Chad, and he caught me. Sometimes people don't catch me. They move out of the way. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, not going to trust that person anymore. <laughs> and I've lost basic trust. I've lost faith in that person. If they're not going to catch me, I'm not going to fall in front of them anymore. I'm going to fall around people that I know are going to catch me. It's a fun game that I like to do. Um, it is. 
You never know. You've got to be, when this prayer line's up here, you never know it's about to go down. I'm serious. I've hit a, my head on the back of a chair before. It was really painful. May saved my life about a month ago. <laughs> and I fell. Um, I can trust May. So um, my niece in a swimming pool, she, she just didn't know how to swim yet. She was really scared of the deep end. And I'm taking and I'm holding her. And I'm taking her to the deep end. I mean, deep end. I can stand up in it. It's not a very deep pool. Um, but it's deep for her. Uh, and she is just terrified and, and, and of me taking her over there like, no, 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 no. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. I look her in the eyes and I say, Dominica, I will not let you go unless you say I can. And she says, okay. I trust you. She didn't say I trust you. She said, okay. She nods her head. And then she showed that she believed in me by letting me take her into the deep end. Oh, Jesus. Taking some people deep. Um, when's the last time you've trusted in Jesus? Well, I trusted in him when I was 10 or 20, and I prayed a prayer, and I trusted him. No, when's the last time you trusted him in a way that involved, okay, Jesus, I'll step out. I'll step out. I'll, I'll give that amount. I'll, I'll forsake that that relationship or that job or that sinful pattern. I'll trust you. Um, faith, it's when you let go, when you take a risk. It's, uh, it's when you ask. Um, so evangelicals will sometimes say that faith and accepting, faith is accepting the truth of God's word, but, it, but it's not just that. It's, 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 faith is, is, involves action. Um, and uh, in James chapter 2 in Hebrews 11, break down faith, and they give examples. James 2 gives examples of Abraham and Rahab. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So he focuses on the faith, but he also says because he believed God that he took Isaac as a sacrifice and laid him down on the altar. There was an action involved in the faith that he had. And it came, um, well, I'll say that in a minute, but um, with, uh, with Rahab, she hid the spies, knowing that it could cost her her life. Hebrews 11, we love Hebrews 11, talks about faith, all these faith heroes in the Bible. We want to be a hero of a faith. Every single person that is described in Hebrews 11, when it honors their faith, it involves an action that they did because of their belief. Every single one. Um, so faith involves action. And I just want to say this too, that faith it awakens by hearing, in hearing by the word of Christ. And, 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 and I'll put it this way. Faith comes by revelation of Jesus. Faith comes when the Holy Spirit tells us something we need to do, and we step out and do it as a result. So we hear the living word of God. We hear the Spirit speak to us. We, we encounter Jesus, and he, and he tells us something, and we step out in faith. And um, so we act in faith. Faith, last of all, is continual. This is our last one. Faith is continual. Um, in, in the Greek and the Hebrew, the word for faith and faithfulness are the exact same word. Faith and fidelity, they're the same word. Um, so when it's talking about having faith, it's talking also about remaining faithful to Jesus. It's, it's remaining full of faith. Your whole life, constantly feeding yourself with the word of Christ so that faith can awaken. Constantly stepping out as he tells us to do something and our faith grows. And, and wow, Jesus, come on. You're good. Um, but to trust someone is to, is to believe in them and trust them over a lifetime, over a period of time, a relationship, a trust with a spouse. It's, got a, it, it's built, but it has to go on for a lifetime. It's not just a, if you just trusted that your spouse and your spouse on the day of marriage, but don't trust them for the rest of your marriage, there will be a serious breakdown in that relationship. Um, and, and many divorces occur because they start losing basic trust in, in one another. Um, and a lot of that has to do because of action or lack of follow-through, lack of faithfulness. Um, and trust becomes difficult. Um, um, you have the book of Daniel, Azariah, Hananiah, Mishael, they're about to be burned in the furnace for not, for not bowing down 
um, before, before the king of Babylon, his, his statue that he erected. And they said, we believe that God can save us through this. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to trust in him and believe in him. And so their, their faith in the one true living God, they stepped out and were willing to risk their lives um, for it. So this, uh, I was having a good conversation with Marvin last week who knows Greek, <laughs> who reads Greek, and we were talking about the word believe and, and just various verb ten, Greek verb tenses <laughs> was our discussion. It was fascinating. Um, but um, but the, that, that present tense, in, 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 in when Jesus is saying in John 3.16, um, that, um, oh my gosh, what does John 3.16 say? Um, For God so loved the world <laughs> that whoever believes in his one and only son shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, thank you, Emery. <laughs> um, you go back to my Bible memory class. Um, believe, it's not talking about, well, I prayed this prayer one time and then I didn't continue on trusting in Jesus. No, it's saying I, 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 I believe in Jesus as a lifestyle, as a habit, as a pattern. It's like saying, you know, you'll never get cavities if you brush your teeth. Now, if you only brush your teeth one time in your life, a cavity is going to come one day. <laughs> Pretty much guarantee that. But if you, what, what, what someone really means when they say, if you don't want cavities, then brush your teeth and floss, they mean cultivate a habit of brushing your teeth, of flossing. Keep up with it. If you fall back a little bit, get back on. Yeah. Fall back, you, you go back and repent. Go back in. Believe again. It's simple. It's one. One step. One turn. Um, go on. Jesus says, Matthew 7, ask, seek, knock. Really, some translations say, say, keep asking or go on asking. Keep seeking, keep knocking. Continue to do it. Cultivate a life of prayer, of knocking, seeking, and asking, and it will be given to you. Um, some people that try to receive the Holy Spirit, oh, it's not up here anymore, that, um, that ask to be filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, I asked God once or twice to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and he didn't give it to me. Well, Jesus says, keep asking. Keep asking. Go on asking until it happens. Well, I prayed for that person to be healed, and they weren't healed. Go on laying hands on them. Keep coming up to receive healing. Keep going up. Pray without ceasing. Um, um, so it's not just about a moment of faith. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a habit. It's about a growing trust and relationship with Jesus. Paul talks about people that have made shipwreck of their faith and who have departed by, of, from faith. Um, and that does not have to be the case. The life I now live, he says, the life I now live, I live by faith. The life I live in the now, I live by faith right now of the Son of God. Um, Habakkuk 2, 4, it's uh, the, the, the just shall live by faith. This, this verse was the thrust of the Reformation. Um, the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Um, I want to give you a little bit of context for that. Habakkuk 2.4. In the book of Habakkuk, the prophet is making a complaint to God, saying, God, all of your people, Israel, are in all kinds of wickedness, and you're not doing anything about it. Why aren't you doing anything about it? And God's response is, I am doing something about it. I'm raising up the Babylonians. Um, and that was really offensive to Habakkuk. He's like, the Babylonians? How could you raise up a less godless people to bring, to, to, to bring justice to, um, to, to, your, to your own people? Surely you're not. They, they, they kill everybody, God. Don't you know the Babylonians? They're going to kill everybody. Who could possibly survive this assault by the Babylonians? And the Lord is saying, here's how people will survive. The, the righteous, the just, shall live by faith, by faithfulness. Those that remain faithful to me, those that keep the faith, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, you believe and you stand firm in it and you keep going unless you had believed in vain. You keep on believing. God is saying another way to say the just shall live by faith. I think a, um, a better translation or more understandable one is the righteous will survive this assault from the Babylonians by continuing to have faith in me. Those, that's what Joel's saying in Joel chapter 2. Those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he's talking about from a locust plague and a, and a, plague and a Babylonian invasion from chapter 1, yeah. earlier in 2. Those that call on the name of the Lord, those that put their trust in me, they will survive this school. Not only survive, but overcome. Praise Jesus. Um, three writers use this book in the New Testament 
And every time it's talking about um, ongoing faith. Romans 1, that, that we are saved by the, 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 um, the, what is it? I need to read it. Um, we're being saved from faith to faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for the power of God for those who believe. Someone help me out. 116. It's the power of God saving for everyone who believes, the Jew first. The good news tells us what, um, what, how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. I love that translation, New Living. Um, it, is, it is a start to finish. Hebrews 10, we are not among those who shrink back. But, but go on having faith. We are those that have faith. And uh, in Romans 11, he's telling a Jewish and Gentile community, he's telling the Gentiles, don't get arrogant. The Jews, don't, don't get arrogant over the Jews. They were cut off because of their unbelief. And he says really clear to them too, that the same will happen to you unless you continue in this faith. Um, Romans 11, I'm just quoting the Bible. You guys, this, this may be a, a challenge to some of you, but, but this, is, this is good news, that you believe you have an ongoing trust and an ongoing relationship with Jesus. And that's what we want to challenge people. And that's why Paul was writing these letters, saying, keep the faith, keep the faith, keep trusting in Jesus. I know your circumstances are rough, but keep trusting in Jesus. So we want to help people have faith. We want to give them the facts. We want to show them the historical um, elements of it. Um, and, and, and he died, he was buried, he rose again. I recommend a book um, by Lee Strobel, Case for Christ. Um, another one, I haven't read it, but that it's been recommended is Josh McDowell, Evidence that Demands a Verdict. Um, it gives some good um, historical and apologetic arguments, um, which is helpful, but it's not enough. We gotta let them see the gospel, not just hear it. And we do that in two ways. Jesus says, raise the sick, or raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers. Paul is constantly saying, I want to preach a gospel with power. I came to you in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power, not with, with words of wisdom, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Heidi Baker goes in these Muslim villages and he says, okay, bring up your lame, bring up your sick. And, and, and they don't, they, there are times they don't even begin preaching the gospel until, someone, until a miracle happens. And we go out on these faith assaults. We go out on campus. We're prophesying. We're giving words of knowledge. We want to heal somebody. We, and then, and then, ah, this, this, this happened at SMU last week. We put up a sign, free hugs and prayer. Free hugs, free prayer. And it's amazing how many people actually want hugs and prayer. And I, I just have this mentality. Everyone really wants a hug. I really believe that. Some people walk by, but they, I'm like, I know you want it. I can see it in your eyes. And so I'm boldly... Free hugs and free prayer, and I'm ready to hug them. And, and, and one girl was so excited. She, she hugged me, Phil, and Christy. She hugged me, hugged Phil, hugged Christy. Like, this has made my day. I'm going to hug you all again. And just <laughs> hugs us again. We start prophesying over. One girl we prophesied over. She asked for prayer for her brother. And I was like, don't tell me anything. So I'm praying for her brother. I'm like, your brother, he's creative. He's artistic. But he's been doing business and marketing things just to make ends meet. But here's where his passion really is. And he's really struggling with that right now. And she's like... Oh my God, how did you know that? I'm like, Jesus lives in me. <laughs> so I get to share the gospel with her because she's seen something's awakened in her heart with faith. I, I was in the Wendy's drive-thru um, one night, you know, like to break a fast with Wendy's once in a while. <laughs> Go through the Wendy's drive-thru and I'm like getting my burger out of coupon. So I paid like three bucks for, for a double meat burger. It was awesome. Um, and I didn't plan on doing anything, but right as the woman was handing my check, I was just like, okay, I got something. And, and so I'm like, do you have a daughter? And she's like, yes. I'm like, I just feel like the Lord says it's going to be okay. And that she, I feel like he's going to get her into a really good school. And you don't have to worry about it. And she's like, she's like I have goosebumps all over my arms. How did you know this? I'm like, Jesus lives in me and he loves you. Da, da, da. And it's just, and, and the gospel can go out with power, with signs and wonders. And it's available to every single person, every believer in Jesus. Amen. Lots of other cool stories. But, um, but so we signs and wonders, but we show them by our deeds, by our lifestyles. And, 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 and Nietzsche, he, he, he said something like this. He said, I would want to be saved if Christians looked more saved. And it was his philosophy that, um, that Hitler attached to that birthed his whole Third Reich movement and annihilation of um, millions of people. 
So, um, um, Muhammad knew that Christ, new Christians didn't see changed lives, and many end up rejecting Jesus because Christians that that that, that say they believe, but their actions don't show it. Yeah. And it's and it's a sad reality, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Um, so. We show them. We encourage them to pray to Jesus themselves. Um, and uh, we encourage them. Set goals in your faith. Believe. If God wants, you're, you've got financial stuff going on right now. New believer. I'm, all, all my money is going away. All my parents hate me. You know, let's start small. Believe. Believe that God wants to come in. Give them the word of God. Give them the word of Christ. Awaken faith. Pray for them and help them step out and make decisions that, that's, that's, um, that's expressing their faith. So, um, and encourage them to go on believing. That was my fast track on... The last part. So, worship team, come on up. Thank you. I hope this was helpful. Whoa, God. Yeah, I feel like. Um, first of all, when when a. a when someone repents of their sins and they put faith in Jesus, we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, um, they're, they're confessing their sins, they're turning away from their sins by faith, and they're coming to the Son of God that he's going to wash away and cleanse their sins. The first action of faith is water baptism. Get dunked in water, bury yourself, come back up, um, and, um, they're, uh, um, and, and receive the Holy Spirit. By faith. These are things that, that you can access immediately. If you have not um, um, been dunked in water, um, we've, got a, we've got a little kiddie pool outside. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm like, come on, wherever you can find water. You can find a kiddie pool. You can find a bathtub. We want to get you dunked. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, we want to lay hands on you today to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to break it down in a couple of weeks of what all that means, but, but, but why wait? You can, you can receive it now. Um, but um, I want to... I wanna, I feel like the Lord wants to do something now. There, there are people maybe in here, but I feel like more that, that we know that have drifted or departed from the faith. That, that we know um, and that we love. We have family members and friends that started well, but are, 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 are prodigal. And, um, and, and I believe, I want, I, want to, I want you to come up for prayer and have us agree with you today for the Lord to reawaken that faith in them and they would get back on track. I think there's a real grace right now to just believe and for breakthrough in the lives of a prodigal. Um, so if that's, if, if, if that's you, if there's, there's um, you want prayer for a loved one that's drifted from the faith, I want you to come up on this side. We want to pray with you in a Greek. If, if, you're, if you're one that you've heard this gospel for the first time, say, I need to repent of my sins. I need to, I need to believe in Jesus. I need, to, um, I need to get water baptized. I need to receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to come on this side right here. We're going to have a prayer team ready for you. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus, that he washes away every sin. God, we thank you that he's a man that we can trust. We thank you that he's a God of mercy. He delights in showing mercy. And, Father, I pray for each person here that needs to experience the mercy and the grace of Jesus, that you would meet them right now. Jesus, would you come and speak to people personally right now that need to encounter you, that need to meet the good and the loving Son of God.